Blog Talk Radio. In order to be free, you have to know the truth. Pastor Lionel Gant seeks to use the truth of God's word to help stop the tide of violence and mass incarceration used to enslave people all across this nation. Now, the word of truth by Pastor Lionel Gant. I am looking for freedom, looking for freedom, and Glory to God, glory to God. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. And we're coming to you live once again from Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I have a guest on the line with me this morning, uh, a dynamic uh, person that, that's doing a lot of great work in the uh, metro Atlanta area. And uh, today, you know, for our topic, you know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, – I'm looking at I'm looking at the topic of you know back to the plantation, and and a lot of our people a lot of our people you know just like uh, just like the Israelites in the uh, in in Exodus the 16th chapter, you know after they had gotten free from Egypt after they had gotten gotten out of that horrible situation that they were in in Egypt, and once they got out in the in the wilderness. Uh, you know, it, they had only been out there for like about uh, this was the second month, and then they started looking back to Egypt, just like a lot of our people today look back to the plantations of yesterday. And uh, we're going to chop that up a little bit. And, and you know, as this year we're talking about the changing role of our women and what. You know what has happened with the uh, the black family. What's happening with the black community? And I want to let my uh, guest chime in on that. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for yet another opportunity to reach out to your people. Our goal, dear Heavenly Father, is to change the hearts and minds of men. So right now, dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you take charge of this radio broadcast. Dispatch it and send it forth to those that need to hear it. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua, your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, all right. This is the whole truth and nothing but the truth radio broadcast, and we're coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I I want to uh, introduce my guest. Catherine, are you there? Yes, um, Pastor, I'm here. Okay. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit, tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Catherine Rael. I am um, a 44-year-old woman living here in the state of Georgia. I have um, three children. Um, I recently had a husband that passed um, over the past four years. And my husband and I were working on this project called Motherhood 360. Motherhood 360 is an initiative um, that is circular. uh, It's a circular solution to curing a condition that has plagued our community for 400 years, Um, and that and and that is generational mental illness. And generational generational mental illness causes poverty, and poverty breeds crime in our communities. 
because of years of neglect and improper address of these disparities, it has cost our community billions of dollars in human capital. When I say human capital, I'm describing it as something intangible, collective resources uh, possessed by individuals and groups within a given population. These resources include um, all the knowledge, talent, skills, ability, experience, intelligence, training, judgment, and wisdom possessed individually and collectively. These com communities um, total of each represent a form of health and wealth available to nations and organizations and communities to accomplish our goals. So what we have here and what I work on, and that is part of my business um, in Atlanta, metro area, I do a lot of counseling. I do have a service called United Healthcare Resource Service. And what we do is a lot of mental health counseling. We do home health services, um, and we do uh, workshops. And these things are all going to come together in one big circle um, once I explain a collective problem that we have in our community. Okay, so I looked at four disparities that affect our community. Wealth, education attainment, criminal justice, and health. For the first and foremost, we got to understand that these four things are connected, and we got to also understand how they're connected so that we can set a course to remedy these um, problems. So the interconnectedness is determined in part by access, how much access do we have to social and economic opportunities? How much access do we have to the resources and supports available in our homes, neighborhoods, and communities? What about the quality of our schooling? The safety, the safety of our workplaces, the cleanliness of our water, our food, and our air, and the nature of our social interaction and relationships that we have together. Those are collective problems that we have, and they all interact because of mental illness. And we have to find a way to combat this in our communities. We have to deal with this issue of mental illness. Not only does it affect individuals, but it affects generations. So I, I cater to three generations of people. And before I even say that, let me just go to explain something out of Exodus, the 34th and 7th chapter of Exodus. And I'm just going to read it for you. I'm not even going to quote it. I'm just going to read it for you. Then I'm going to tell you exactly how the Motherhood 360 project fits into what is happening in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7. So it reads, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, and sin, but by no means clearing the clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and their children's children to the third and fourth generation. Okay, so now we understand that what is what is within us. If a parent eats sour grapes, let me put it this way: if a parent eats sour grapes and the children will have a bitter taste in their mouth, point blank period. That's just how it is. So what we're dealing with is that scientists are saying that genes carry memory. So if the parent ate the sour grapes, then the children will have a bitter taste in their mouth. And when I'm using sour grapes as a metaphor. So what happens to us in adulthood passes down to our children genetically. If we suffer through depression, then 
some of that is going to pass down to our children, and they're not even going to know why they're depressed. Okay? So I just wanted to read that part to try to put into play why we must deal with mental illness in a generational um, concept because generations pass from generation to generation. And if we can cure the generation, cure the mental illness in this generation, then it will not affect the next generation as much as it has affected us. If you look at our communities, you can see that we have a mental illness condition. And we have to deal with that. We have to deal with that before we can even start fixing our communities because the issue is mental illness. So what I did was, I, I target certain groups in my in in in, in, in my business. I, I I target homeless people. I target the um the the families with children, single parents. You wouldn't believe the numbers, and I don't know if I even have time to throw any numbers out there. Uh, when you're dealing with homeless families, when you're dealing with the people that are in our legal and justice system, when you're dealing with the children who are aging out of foster care. All these people are in our community, and when they come to our community, they either come to us productive or un- unproductive, okay? So we have so many so many issues that we have to deal with in order to fix our community. And I am doing a lot of work here uh, where I am on behalf of mental illness and homeless and these children who are aging out of foster care that are being kicked out into the streets with nowhere to go. Um, and I'm also dealing with um, trying to um, do case management, um, trying to keep families together. It's a really, 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 really um, broad area of services that I have to deal with. Right now I have 34 parents that are in need of, of housing, you know, and they're out in the streets. There are working homeless people out there. They're not just all living under the bridges. These families are working homeless families living in hotels, living with their whole generation. I work with one family that three generations are living in one hotel. You got the mother, the son, the father, the children. You know, so these are this is a generational issue that we have to deal with in our communities so that we can come back um, and start rebuilding our communities because even though we can't change the way genes travel, we can change environments that people live in. And that's the, that's the other half of the generational, um, I want to say curse, but I don't like to use that word, but it's a generational curse. So the genes that are passed down, we can't really do much about that. But the most other, other half of it is the fact where they live and where the environment in which they live and which we can change that. Amen. Very well put. But can you tell the people how to... Uh how to reach you, where you're located at, and and the best way to uh, get in contact with you? Yes, my office is located in Norcross, Georgia. My number is 770-696-9231. I do have an email address. That email address is provider at gmail.com. Okay, can you repeat the phone number and the email again, please? Yes, my phone number is 770-696-9231. My email address is uhr 
S-C-S, provider, at gmail.com. All right. All right. You know, you know, when we talk about when we talk about mental health, and and I want to look at this from a from a from a, a national standpoint, okay, and, and and looking at Black America, okay, and you know, over two hundred years of slavery, okay, then a hundred and twenty years of separate but equal laws, and and we got no mental health treatment. After going through all of those things, you know, they just turned us loose and just said go, you know, right. and just said go. Okay, what's your standpoint on that? What, how do you feel about that? And then remember what I'm saying. Now we got a generation that that they want to, you know, they've been assimilated into white culture. They've been assimilated into, let me not say white culture, let me say American culture. And they have they they don't know they have no identity they don't know who they are or what they are so I'll let you take it from there. Well, uh, um, mental illness is a generation is a genetic um <clears throat> it, it's genetic you know so okay. you can, really you, can you speak up we can we can hardly hear you we can hardly hear you can you speak up okay go ahead what I'm uh, speaking to the phone can you hear me now. Um, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, we can. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, so as you were saying, we came out of off the plantation. Our ancestors came off the plantation with no type of uh, treatment, uh, not even any type of environmental <clears throat> environmental treatment. When I say environmental, they was given nothing, nowhere to start, nowhere to go. So they basically partially still main remain on the plantation so when you remain somewhere it's just like living hostage and then somebody says okay you can go but where are you going you don't know anything you don't know you don't know where to go you don't have the necessary tools um, to guide you along the way the same thing with us now we were free from the plantation um, but mentally we were never free and we're still not free today because of those generational uh, traumatic experiences that have been passed down through us. And like I was saying, because scientists also say that genes carry memory, you got to understand that our ancestor memories of what happened to them, how it happened to them, um, the emotional, the emotions that they were experiencing were passed down through their generations. That's why we have such a high um, state of mental health issues, and they're not today still being treated. Because we don't think that we have any mental health issues. We don't think that. We think that mental illness is something that uh, we probably used to say crazy people. They belong in a mental health center uh, era. No. Mental health issues come from anxiety, depression, and this is what we suffer the most of, anxiety and depression. We suffer from those things. Uh So those things interfere interfere with our adulthood. That's why we can't function in relationships. That's why we can't function in marriages. We can't function in raising our children. We can't function because we have never been treated um, um, after the 400 years of slavery, and we still are not being treated. And, and, and so, okay, and you know, you know, you know, as you were saying that, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, you know, uh, when I was directing uh, 
Good News Mission Group Home for Boys, and these were boys ages 13 to 17 that were that were in the DFAC system or the or the juvenile justice system, and mm-hmm. uh, and and you know a lot of the groups we had was dealing with the fact of codependency, and when we look at Black America, we have to say that we are somehow codependent, you know. On white America, I, I, and I'll let you and I'll let you kind of dissect that for us. Well, well, that is true. We are dependent because we don't know that we can be self-sufficient. But how can we be self-sufficient when we are not mentally ready? We're not mentally ready to be self-sufficient. I mean, we can say, you know, that you know we're ready to, you know, govern ourselves, and you know, but we can say those things. But when it actually comes down to actually doing it, we are not mentally ready to do that. That's just the way, you know, I, I see that. We can do it, and we have done it before. But in small groups and in small packs, if you think about 19, I think it was, um, what year was it? Um, um, when they had the, um, when they lost the Black Wall Street. Okay, right. okay. You yeah. Had, mm-hmm. You had a certain group of people you know, that were able to rise above it all. You know what I'm saying? But they were they were very educated people, you know, and they went through some they had to have gone through some type of environmental change. We have never went through an environmental change. You look at the change now like the generations that are coming up now. There's a the huge spike in mental illness. You know why? You know why I record? Okay, they did research. I'm going to put it this way. I'm just going to give you the facts. They did research in 2005 on mental illness in the, Af- in the African-American community, okay? Uh, okay. And in 2005, let me get it right. In 2005, I wrote this down somewhere. Hold on one second. There were 13, and it's mostly in women and girls, and it really affects mostly women and girls. Men have their issues, too. But when we're talking about genetics, the gene, the mitochondria gene is passed through the girls, from the mother to the daughter, okay? So that gives us a reason why the the spike of mental is higher in girls than it is in, in men. Men kind of receive it through going to war. Um, going to traumatic places, but we are genetically passed on the mitochondrial from our mothers, okay? So nevertheless, so they did this research in 2005, and at that time it was 13.1% of girls between 12 and 17 that had experienced major, major depressive episodes in less than 12 mm. months. And then that mm. rose to 19.9% in 2017. Less than nearly one in every five girls suffer from major mm. depression. Okay, so now we're looking at a, a, a society of, of women now growing up, women um, that mental health issues are deriving. So at nineteen point nine percent, you gotta look at these women one day being wives, being married, being you know working. Um, that mental illness is gonna affect them dearly in their adulthood. So now. We have Generation Z that's here now, and they say now that mental health issues are rising because of social media. Because on social media, you're on social media, you're a view in the world. You can talk to anybody you want to talk to. You can say anything you want to say. I mean, you, you, you just got this freedom of, 
of range in social media. So a lot of the young girls, a lot of the young girls are getting tied up with 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 with, with um, issues or, or, or conditions that they shouldn't be because of they're depressed and they need somebody somebody to make them feel better. So the first person, first man that comes on and makes them tell you beautiful, they are gonna latch on to that person and they're it's gonna go from there. So that is mm-hmm. saying that because these young girls are the uh, at this point of experiencing mental issues, this is how they get caught up in these these sex trafficking rings, these older men, these uh, I mean missing they come up missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to deal with the mental health issue in Black America. There's no way around it. No, absolutely no mm-hmm. way around it. And 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 and. and and this is, you know, the way you just explained it, it made it so obvious as to what's going on. And and this is some this is something that that nobody's looking at because when we talk about when we talk about codependency, you know, we 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 we, we often have to look at the elephant in the living room. You know, I mean, right. standing there is right there in front of us. Okay, but everybody's going around it and doing their business and acting like it's not there, but it's right there. It's right there, and uh, and a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, when you're talking about when you when you said depression, I started thinking about you know the the characteristics of a person that's depressed. You know, they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing, and and they and they're suffering through these things, and and they don't even know. You know why they're acting out that way. You know, and and uh, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, you just made it so clear when you explained it that way. So 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 I was looking at the topic. I was looking at the topic. You know, you know, and it was saying back to the plantation. You know, mm-hmm. everybody everybody wants to try to you know assimilate into this American culture. They want to try to be like they're normal, and. Uh, and I listened to a, a lot of the, you know, last night I was listening to a lot of the, the rap songs and a lot of the, and a lot of the uh, female artists that are singing today. And uh, man, do you realize that, you know, everything they're talking about is is materialistic, and and uh, the, the female artists are talking about, you know. Uh, you know their 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 sexual prowess, and they're talking mm-hmm. about all of these things that that you know, you know, it, and it makes no, it makes it it, it 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 has nothing to do with with having a a wholesome life. It's that they're comparing they're comparing their life to, you know, uh, they're basing the success of their life on how much money they got, how many men they got, or uh, or, or, or the, and the and the guys are talking about are talking about how many women they can you know they can deceive and how many women they can get and all this and that it's all materialistic it's it's mm-hmm. nothing of moral values or moral standards it's all about what they can get and what they got so how how well, did we get to that point oh my goodness uh, we got there through <laughs> we got there through what we were what we would have to call neglect of issues that 
in our neighborhoods and in our family. Let me give you a better example. And I'm going to have to come from myself because my mother always told me to talk about things that you know about. <laughs> so let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> you deal with, when you're dealing with young girls growing up, uh, majority of us grew up in a home that the father was absent or barely there. Okay, my father okay. was barely there and absent at the same time, okay? <laughs> so when I grew up, I, as an adult, I didn't want a boyfriend. I didn't want a husband. I wanted a father. I wanted a father figure. I wanted I, I wanted. Oh, to that's be very interesting. That's very interesting. I Go ahead. to be a mm-hmm. father <laughs> to me, the father figure, because at, at the uh-huh. age of young we need we need our fathers more so than we need our mothers. Because our mother is going to be there, and I'm going to have to say that mother the motherhood is going to be there regardless of the genes are passed down through my mother to me. So that's going to be there. But what is not passed down is my father bond. We don't have that. That's why young girls they love their fathers no matter what. You know, they couldn't even, even have to be in the house. Could be gone 10 years, but as soon as they father walking in the door, it's just something about that father that makes us happy, that makes us be like, that's my father. You know what I'm saying? So growing up in adulthood, when young girls grow up, they don't look for, I, I can't speak for them because, I, like I said, I speak for myself. I didn't want that type of relationship. I wanted a father. I wanted the, the experience of a father. I wanted to be treated special. I wanted to be that little girl. That's who I wanted to be. So when you have uh-huh. these young girls here now, um, they're just acting on a void that they're trying to fill. And they think that they fill it with gifts and men and pleasures and things that that void is going to be filled, but it's not ever going to be filled because that's a void that only a father can fill. You know what I'm saying? So no matter mm-hmm. the innate need they may have, we all have an innate need to belong. That's number one. We all have an innate need to belong. However, when you are missing elements, when you get out there in society, you're going to try to fill that void that's missing. And everything that comes by, you're going to think that's it. It's going to feel I'm just gonna, it's just going to happen, but it's not going to happen that way. So we missed, we, we, we missed a lot from our children growing up because of the, genet- the generational swing, the shift in generations. So we missed a lot, you know, um, especially during the 70s and the 80s and the horrible 90s. You know, everything was just everything. No, there was no structure. There was no culture. There was no nothing for us to actually hold on to, like the moral values that you speak of. They were not there. They were not there. They were given to us in the 60s. They started fading away in the 70s, and then the 80s came, and the 90s came, and everything just became all confused. You know, so everybody was just doing Yeah, I mean, when you when you talk about when you talk about the eighties, yeah, it's something happened in the eighties. You know, they flooded our neighborhoods with crack cocaine, with with drugs. Okay. And and remember we, we talked about the the declaring war on drugs and all of a sudden our our community, you know, the, the, the drug war wasn't fought up in Buckhead. The drug war was you know, was fought down on Bankhead. You know, they right. they you know and 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 now you know we saw a whole generation of uh you know of of you know they put they didn't put the 
the dope dealer wasn't a, a 30, 40-year-old man that was out there selling drugs. It was a young boy. It was a young teenager in his in his teens and, and you know, and 20s that were out there, uh, you know, selling these drugs and doing these things. And 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 they were and their customers were 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 older men and older women, uh, young boys, you know, and you know, teenagers were were having were were getting oral sex from from grown women, you know, uh, uh, from their friend, from their partner's mother, you know, and, and and you know, and it it tore down the structure of uh, of of the black family in the sense that I mean, can you imagine? You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a young man, you know, having a sexual relationship with a grown woman. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so we're down, we're down to, uh, we're down to our last ninety seconds. So we're gonna have to continue this show again. We're gonna have to continue this, this, this thought again. And I'm thinking about a song that I was listening to uh, on the on yesterday or the day before, uh, preparing for the show. And 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 the song was talking about million dollar P U S S Y million dollar coochie, and uh, and it was saying you know, and it was saying it put all the emphasis on on the female, and we're gonna have to dive into that a little bit more to talk about what's going on. Okay, can you tell them how to get in contact with you once again? Okay, yes. Give your name. Yes, you can reach me at seven seven zero six nine six. Nine two three one, or you can email me at u c u h c r s provider at gmail dot com. That's u h c s provider at gmail dot com. All right. I thank you very much for your input. It was outstanding, and we're going to continue this show next week. Please tune back in with us next week as we dive into this subject. Uh, this is the whole truth. Nothing but the truth radio broadcast. Pastor Lionel Gant coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. We thank you for your listening. Peace and blessings.